Welcome back to another episode of The Authors Unite Show. Here's your host, Tyler Wagner. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Authors Unite Show. Today, I got Lance Tyson with us. So welcome to the show, man. I appreciate you having me on, especially since you're from the same area. I know. So weird, man. Literally like grew up like 30 minutes apart from each other. <laughs> so awesome. Um, I could, I could tell by how you said Eagles. Oh, I know. Dude, you know, what's funny is that, and then <laughs> we, we got to get to your introduction, but, but um, as people say that we have accents being from like Philadelphia area, I, I don't really hear the accent, honestly, but um, but people say there, it can be kind of thick. So right. it's, it's funny. <laughs> um, but, no doubt, uh, no doubt. <laughs> but yeah, man, so I'll, I'll let you take it away. Tell us a little bit more about you and what you do. So um, I'm, uh, my name is Lance Tyson. I'm an author of a best-selling book called Sellings in a Way Game. And I also run a company called the Tyson Group. And we specialize in really kind of helping sales leaders and sales teams compete, um, whether it be picking their talent, training their talent, the strategy they put together. Um, I guess something interesting that usually gets people's attention is the fact that about 70% of our business is with pro sports teams. And Tyler and I were, were talking, I, he said he's down in Miami, and I said, did you get to the Super Bowl? And he goes, nah, I didn't get to this bunch of parties. So usually he's a tension getter, a good starter for that. So um, and we work with anybody, re- it really any sales leaders, you know, that, that's trying to compete in a complex sale. That's, that's really our gig. Okay. Now, how did you find yourself to be mostly in, um, in, in, in the sports sector of sales? Like how, how did that kind of blossom there? You know, it was interesting. Um, I, I get asked that a lot. It was- it was, it was not something as much we sought as, as we, as we kind of developed a relationship. Ironically enough, it was, I was working for a really good company at one point called Dale Carnegie Training, and I was one of their trainers, and I ran a sales team in Philadelphia, and we got introduced by our marketing person to the, to the, the senior staff at the Eagles right before they built the link. And awesome. we just got all their salespeople, all their v, their VP of sales. They all went through our sales program. And ironically enough, I had I then bought the Bill Carnegie operation in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm literally reading the Sunday newspaper. And I see that the VP from the Eagles took over as president for the Cavaliers. And I gave him a call. His name's Len Komorowski. And he goes, why don't you come in on Monday and I'll introduce you to the staff. I'd like similar to like we did uh, in Philly. And I was off to the races. And from there, a lot of the people I'd worked with at this point when they were younger in sales, like um, uh, the current president, um, Scott O'Neill for, with, the, uh, with the Sixers, um, he, was, he was somebody that I got introduced to in some of our program, programs. The decision makers of the Cavs went on uh, to become presidents of teams. And you know how it goes, like, you know, it's by referral, you do a good job and it kind of grew from yep. there. And then we kind of, you know, um, the business group. So that's how we got into pro sports sales. I wouldn't say that's the only thing we do, but it's a lot of what we do. Okay. And then what exactly is the, just so everybody's understanding, like what is the exact process meaning? Like, are you helping these teams like you're helping them sell more tickets to the games? Yeah. 
Okay, okay, got it. Well, you think and, about it. Um, No, no, that that was a question. So, if that's the case, then you are you're kind of going in, helping them hire a sales force, and then build the the sales process for them. Yeah. So, so sports is not is is a lot of people look at it just as a ticket sale. You got to think there's a lot of a lot of complex sales processes around sales. Well, one is ticket sales to to consumers, but then there's a whole layer of selling that goes on B two B. You know, you look at a lot of these new stadiums, there's suites, there's uh, private clubs, all that is really yeah. pushed from a, a stand. And then you got all the sponsorship where the naming rights for the stadium, all the it's sold and things like that. It's pretty, they're pretty complex sales. So we, we work all the way around, whether it be how they pick salespeople. Process and we train and coach. So all the way around, like a 360. Gotcha. Okay. Um, now, uh, curious for, for the book's purpose is a lot of our listeners are authors and like aspiring authors. So when you sat down to write your book, how did you kind of break it up? Like, did you do every morning? Did you like do sprints and just, you know, 12 hours on a Sunday or something? Like, how did you write the book? Yeah, <laughs> It's interesting because I probably struggled with that the most as an author um, because I'm not a, a pure writer per se. Um, yeah. I still don't think I can sentence together. So I usually, uh, I still think to myself, where the hell's that comma go? Right. I know it's supposed to go somewhere, but where does it go? So, so what I would do is I would, at first I had my, um, I had my, uh, one of my assistants and my marketing director. What I would do is I'd give talks on voice notes. I'm a better verbal communicator than I am a writer. Yeah. And so I would, do, I would do these voice notes and these interviews and they would record them and then we would transcribe them. And in terms of time, we would try to set like one or two days a week aside. I'm working on my second book. So it's usually Tuesday afternoon. For some reason, that's where we can find our spot. And, but we're following the same process, Tyler. We're still, you know, we're still, I'm doing voice notes. We're transcribing the voice notes. That's becoming a chapter or a section. And that's what works best for me. But I can tell you, it was daunting trying to figure that piece out. Yeah, no, I, you know, I love that you're saying that because I'm also that way. And I think, you know, look, you can become a better writer if you like really sit down and, you know, master the craft. But at the end of the day, I think sometimes people are naturally better you know, at some things other than others. So if you are a master communicator, like yep. verbally, um, you know, take advantage of that. And really you can hire an editor, right? You can voice it, get it transcribed, have an editor. And, uh, and that's a way to do a book too. It doesn't have to be physically written. Um, so I, I think that's a good way to do it. Um, I struggled with, I, I struggled with that piece because I tried to physically write it like a hundred yeah. times and I just, I just can't sit still long enough. I just show, but then when I got on that microphone and I started to walk around the house and around my office and, and talk it through, I go, Oh, there's software out here that can transcribe. Yeah. Like, it's not that bad. So yeah, man. kind of work it out a little bit. I, I can feel that with you. Like you give me a microphone and I, <laughs> I can do it, <laughs> but you lock me in a room. That's by exactly right. Um, and tell me to no write. Doubt. That's pretty hard. Um, so, you know, I want to talk about negotiation because I think that's another big piece. I know, you know, a lot of people are interested in that. 
So um, let's say, cause some of these deals you're, you're probably getting are fairly, you know, large and you know, large is dependent upon, you know, the person's viewpoint, but um, like, what are your negotiation tactics that, that you talk about in the book? Yeah. So it, it's kind of interesting. Um, most people, most people have a knack for negotiating. Most of us have negotiated a date in our better grade in school. You know, we bartered something, we've given something away. We've, we've really kind of, if you thought about it, you have negotiated stuff, right? So our approach, number one, is when it comes to business, if you, if you are coming at something from a, a mindset of scarcity where you have to get the deal done, you're going to violate one of the, one of the first rules of yeah. negotiating and it's your ability to walk away. And if you, if you don't, if you can't walk away, you don't have a deal. I think of, um, there's two salespeople in pro sports that, that I think are some of the best salespeople I've met in any industry. One works for the Cowboys, other works for, um, a company just, he just actually finished up a, a turn as the CRO for the Memphis Grizzlies. And, I look at both those guys, one's Nick and the other one's Eric. I don't think their skill sets are off the chart. Like when I look at their skills, I've seen salespeople that are better than them. I've told them that, both of them. I've coached them since they were younger. But one, one, one thing they both have is they believe in abundance, not scarcity. So if they're negotiating with you one-on-one -on -one and it's not going to be a good deal, the deal that will back that deal up, they'll go to a secondary vendor or secondary prospect and, and they'll be able to walk away. And that's, that's an attitude that's hard to teach because people, because yeah. naturally, naturally we will do more not to lose something than to win something. You understand what I'm saying? So 100%. I look at that, that that's number one philosophy. I think number one strategy, our, the strategy we teach is real simple. You can't, you can't start negotiating until you deal with objections because there's a difference. If you start giving stuff away prior to identifying what an objection is, you're going to struggle. And you can't bargain if you're blind, right? If your eyes are closed, you can't, you can't really, you can't hit the net at the end of the day, you know, or you can't hit the cup if you're, you're, you're putting. So that, that's the other thing we want to, we, we always teach, like, what are you, are you dealing with one problem? Or are you dealing with two problems? Could you resolve the objection? And I think the third strategy we teach is if you give something up and the other party doesn't give something up, that's not negotiating, that's extortion. It's different. Right. Like yep. my sales, my salespeople that work for me, they constantly come back to me and say, Hey Lance, if we can get the price, if they said, if we sharpen our pencil, I go, what's a sharpen your pencil mean? Well, one of my salespeople, Gina, she goes, you know, I think if we get it down 10%, I said, well, what are we getting for the 10%? And she's a smart ass. And she came back and she goes, well, we get their business. I go, well, let me ask you this, Gina, if I, if I reduce your commission by 10%, you in? She goes, no, 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 no. I go, oh, so you want me to give some money up? Yeah. I said, why don't you go back to the buyer and say, hey, what do you want to take out of the deal to get that 10% and see what he says then or what she says then. And so they're kind of our three core philosophies because that's actually where the rubber meets the road. Uh, scarcity or abundance. Are you willing to walk away? And the third thing is if, if you give something up and they don't, that's extortion. And I guess the, the, the asterisk is you can't bargain if you're blind, right? So, yeah, I, I love that, man. That's one of the biggest things. And I think that's why people struggle a lot in the beginning, like when they're trying to get their first couple sales in the door, like, be, like entrepreneurs that are just first starting out is it's, it's really hard because in a sense you are kind of needy, 
because like you, you know, you want those first, you want that traction. Right. right? Um, but that's one of the biggest, um, like you said, the first one that you said, it's one of the biggest things is being willing to walk away. Right. And it, it almost takes like, um, it's almost like a meditative practice. Cause even when you start doing well, I mean, you still want, to yeah. Be yeah. um, you know, it's almost like a mind yes. trick or something. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to just be like, you know, I want the deal, but at the end of the day, these are the terms and, you know, and that's fine if not. Right. Um, and, uh, well, that's, 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 that's well said. Cause it, it, it is a, it's a total mind game with yourself. Cause if you want it bad enough, you're willing to compromise a lot of things, but you got to stand on the line somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And people can kind of feel that energy too. When you are really needy, it almost feels like you're desperate for their business, which um, to them then will tell them yes. like, yes. this company might not be doing that well. So maybe I shouldn't do business with that. <laughs> so it's all like this thing. I don't know. Right. Um, it's. Um, I agree. I agree. So uh, another thing that you talk about is selling from the buyer's perspective. So like, I think that's interesting too. And it's, it's going along with our conversation so far as like, how do you, you know, how, how do you do that? Like, how do you get yourself into their perspective to see from their point of view? Well, you know, there, there's two pieces. Um, it, it's when we go into some, like we use pro sports as the example you brought up earlier, you know, a lot of these organizations and they're, they'll say, you'll hear the salespeople say, ah, I got to do a needs analysis. I got to find out what they need. And I, I look at them, I go, well, you're going to struggle because nobody needs tickets. Who the hell needs a ticket for anything? Nobody. You want a ticket. That's an opportunity to do something. So by the very nature, if you want to see things through their point of view, you actually have to understand what you're selling. Like if you're selling, what, you, what are you selling at that point? Like if you're trying to win an appointment, do you make, are you in interesting enough to win time off the camera. What do you see from their point of view? Um, would I call you up and say, hey, you know, my name is Lance Tyson. I work with the Tyson Group. You know, we specialize in working with salespeople. I'd like to sit down with you for a few minutes and learn a little bit about your business. I can tell you something about ours. Well, there's nothing in it for you, right? What's in it for you? So I can take your time and tell you about my business? That doesn't make sense. If I want to communicate from a buyer's perspective, I got to use words that would be, that would be enticing to you. Like as a business owner, you're probably looking for ways and ideas that could help you make it better or sell better. If I talk that way, that's talking from a buyer. The other thing like today that a lot of salespeople and entrepreneurs get confused with is how people buy B2C or business to consumer really dictates a lot of things. So for instance, I've never seen a time in the last 20 years, more so than now, that you should expect every single person you're doing business with to ask you for a better deal. It's like Amazon Prime effect. I mean, if you go on Amazon Prime, there's three to five different options for every product. And you can always buy the one in the middle. You can buy the expensive one or the cheap one. So that's dictating a little bit how people are selling things today and buying. If you want to see it from their perspective, expect them to ask for a better deal. Expect them to want options because that's what they get everywhere else. Like if I, yeah. if I downloaded dating apps on, on my app, not that I, not that I am, but if I, I probably have 10 choices of dating apps, right? So yeah. to do a fitness app, I'd have 10 different options of apps. So there's options. If you don't give options, you know, people are, and, and people are going to ask for a better deal and they're going to want options to everything. So you can see it from the, how the market plan too. 
Got it. I, I'm on the dating apps. <laughs> um, so I, I want to talk about that because there's a trend that I think I've been starting to notice lately. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on it is like my, my business, we do book publishing and, and more specifically on the book marketing side of things. And um, what I've come to notice is like probably I don't know the exact percentage, probably 95% of our business is B2B. Like I build relationships with publishers and then they send us all their authors to do the marketing. Now, uh, my question to you is like, I think with how we're becoming more and more connected, right? Like no matter what, like you were saying with the options, um, I, I feel like this direct like Facebook ad to, to a sale is starting to die a little bit. Because even that person could become aware of you through a Facebook ad, but I still think they're going to talk to right. other, they're going to talk to other people to try to figure out if you are actually the best decision. So I, I don't know. All I'm trying to get is like, I think right. B2B, I think B2B is way on the rise right now. Um, because even if you don't realize it, it's almost B2B behind the scenes without you knowing because they're like talking to uh people. You know, so like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think what you're saying, and this is, it's interesting you say this because we've, we've been, especially the last six months, our, my instructors, a lot of our blog writing, a lot of the needs assessment we do have, have really come to that. So think about what you're saying. It's, it's this fragmentation of everything, right? Like you'll have somebody that looks at you online, right? Then they'll go check out some, you know, they'll check out some reviews. Then they'll go talk to a referral. Then they'll see what you post. And then, then there's all these fragments of communication and then they'll talk to you real quick. Um, and there'll be a lot of side conversations going on. And you as, as a salesperson or an entrepreneur, as a business person, it's your job now to glue all the fragments of communication together to figure out where somebody is, right? Yeah. You almost have to say, okay, like, Tell me a little bit, where'd you first notice us? What was your first impression? What did you find out? What do you want to talk about? And you almost got to meet them there, right? You got to get into the buyer's mind. That's actually the title of the book. My book is Selling's an Okay Game because it happens in the mind of the buyer right now. You got to engage what's in their head very quickly. And if you take your words, right, you've got to build trust. You got to have credibility and an understanding so you can ultimately build the relationship or at least they're truthful with you with what they're thinking. So you yeah. got to kind of glue all these fragments together. You're dead on. You're dead on. Yeah, because that's what's happening too is it's like, you know, all it takes is for them to go to LinkedIn and just look like at mutual or even just Facebook either or and just look at mutual connections. Right. And chances are, I mean, look, me and you grew up 30 minutes from each other. We probably have like mutual connections in some way. Exactly. I bet we do. 100%. <laughs> I, I'm going to check it out when we get off. Yeah, I know, no, we probably do. So it's like we, uh, if we were going to engage in business together, that would be something that, you know, one of us, however that would look, you know, you would look at those people. So there's a lot more available meaning. So what I, and to kind of summarize what I'm getting at too, is it's like, so maybe it's also important just to build as many relationships as possible because then that potential client, when right. they go to all those people, you know what I mean? Like it's all, it's all good from all angles. Um, so that's kind of the way my, my mind's it looking is. at it. It is. You need to check that out. I, 
I agree because it's like a net, right? Somebody hit me up on LinkedIn the other day, and, it's, and they, you know, they kind of quoted it. They said, it's, it's, uh, it's who you know, right, Lance? I go, no, it's who wants to know you, right? Yeah. <laughs> and who wants to know you is going to come from all those connections, right? It's not who you know, it's who wants to know you. But it, like you said, it's going to come from all those that connectivity that creates that stickiness. And uh, it's different today. And it actually forces us to actually have to sell more, not less. Because I asked all the time, do you think, do you think like sales is, is, is going away? I go, no, I think different kinds of conversations are going away. I think it's harder to get an appointment for us. But, but I, I look now, there's more salespeople now than, than there ever has been because there's the salespeople provide a level of credibility, a level of connection, a level of relationship with the, with the product or service. Not every yeah. product or service, but a lot of product or service. Yeah. So I'm curious on like, um, so let's just say, you know, you have a product or service, you have your first salesperson. How do you, uh, maybe it's a cultural type thing. How do you like scale a sales team? Um, what are, what are kind of the steps involved in that? No, it's kind of interesting you say that we just, uh, we just start to work with a, with a marketing company that works with professional services businesses. And, and one of the things they told us was, your clients consistently ask how to build a sales team. Like that's one of the questions are, they're really asking you. And um, I just got invited to be on this board for this company in Ohio here, real fast growing company. And the reason they asked me to be on the board was because they needed a board member that, you know, I guess the subject matter expert in sales. And the, the argument's always this, the argument is the, um, the, uh, do you build a salesperson or is the salesperson born, right? So mm. I think as a business owner, you have to say, look, I can build a salesperson. I'm not going to find one that's born. And, and remember something about an entrepreneur, if that's part of your audience, right? Part of your audience is, is a entrepreneur will always be way more passionate about their product or service than anybody else. So they can ultimately sell anyway because they're so passionate about what they do. They have all that enthusiasm and that passion. So, so how do you start building the sale? How do you start building? Well, you can either hire somebody for experience, but the implication of that is you're going to get somebody that might have some bad habits. We have a tendency to take, um, and I would tell you, we probably in the last year, just as a company have trained about 10,000 millennials and Gen Zers. So, and a lot of times you'll hear, geez, I don't know if they're going to be good salespeople. I think this might be the best generation of salespeople we ever saw. Um, yeah. They understand, they, they do understand how to be competitive. They like to know the rules, but there's things they'll be, some are going to be good at talking to people on social media. Um, that's going to be part of most sales. You're going to have to text people. You're going to have to connect on LinkedIn. You're going to have to make all these micro connections, all these micro rapport. And then, then you got to have a system where you're going to develop them. You got to figure out your sales process next. Like, what do I need this person to do? Do I need these people to make a hundred calls? Do I need them to build a lead list? You know, lead lists just don't fall off a tree, right? Am I going to need them to follow up on leads or things that come in and turn opportunities? Then you got to say, all right, do I have a two-step sales process, a three-step sales process? Do I have to, am I going to have to teach somebody how to bring through evaluation or discovery or needs assessment do I have to teach them how to present and you're not going to you, you might have somebody that is good at a few things and it amazes me right now that more and this is something we do in our company um, that we really promote heavily we build assessments for salespeople 
So we take a job description and we find out what our, what our customers need and we build a profile that measures certain skills, six to nine skills. And um, what they're good at, they'll need process for. So a lot of times, you know, people hire salespeople, it's crapshoot a little bit. They just guess. They, ah, I like this person, I'm going to hire them from sales. You can, there's a lot of ways to look at how to hire great people too. So um, how you build it, first break down your sales process. Two, what kind of person, like you said earlier, if your culture. Three, assess skills to see what they're going to be good at. That's the third thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of tools out there to do that. Got it. That makes sense. So, um, you know, really one of the last questions I want to ask you is, uh, if, is there anything else with our audience that you want to share that, that I've left out? And then really the floor is yours for like where people can get the book, where they can connect with you. Um, and then also, cause I don't think we actually really mentioned the, the Tyson group is that that's the name of the entire company, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, so, um, I, I think number Number one, what I like to share with everybody, you're an entrepreneur, you're a book writer. Um, I, I think it's really, you're trying to write a book or you're already written one. Number, yeah. number one, you're going you're gonna to figure out how to sell yourself. You're going to deal with a publisher. It's kind of like your business. You're going to have to you know, connect with an audience. You're going to have to get your book into retail. You're going to have to do all those things. You're going to have to get people to buy your book. So you got to be able to write in a style that gets, it's not the best writing author. It's the best selling author. That's what I was told one time. Right. So yeah. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good you write. Can you sell the book? Yep. I think two, you're going to have to sell yourself. We're all in a game where we have to sell ourselves hundred percent. So I, I'd like to leave that thought with everybody. And what can you do to connect people to, to be able to sell better? I think about, about the book. You can get the book on Amazon, Songs and Away Games, or Barnes and Noble. You can pick it up. It's in Hudson News in the airports. Um, Tyson Group, um, we're, we're, we're a, an award-winning sales training organization, so it's just not me. It's uh, about nine trainers uh, and, and coaches that we go into an organization. We assess their situation, their uniqueness. We design training and coaching that's going to fit their issues. Then we train and coach. And uh, we recognized by Selling Power for the last two years as being a top 20 sales training organization. We just won a Stevie Award, which is a business award for um, a final a sales consulting practice. So we really believe in what we do. We can help you in any of those things. Um, might be worth a phone call if you have some questions. Anything we can help you with that. You can follow me at Lance Tyson on Twitter. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Lance Tyson. If, um, and Tyson Group, you can connect with either or. And I, I appreciate that opportunity to connect with Philly. Dude. Um, so I can definitely hear it in your voice. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I picked up on the accent right away. Oh, <laughs> You're an Eagles fan, 100%. I'm with you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's great. Love it, Love it man. Th thank you again for coming on. I really enjoyed it. I appreciate it. So we'll connect on anything else. I really appreciate it, though. Appreciate the opportunity you know, with your audience. The Authors Unite show is sponsored by AuthorsUnite.com, your one-stop shop for becoming a profitable author and maximizing your impact.